Praise the Lord, everybody. So glad to be in your homes this morning, this afternoon, this evening, whatever it might be where you are today. Uh, we're looking forward to having you back here in the house soon. I I'm going to endeavor to teach a few things this morning. And uh, we're going to begin in Genesis chapter 13. And while you're on your way there, I would just like to remind you what Galatians 3.29 says. It says, if any man be in Christ, he's Abraham's seed and heirs of the promise. I need to drive that home because when we read some of these verses, people stagger at, and have a difficulty believing them. But hey, this is Bible. This is not Gary Hooper. This is Bible 101. Look at this in Genesis 13 to verse 2. And Abraham was very rich in cattle and silver and gold. It wasn't spiritual rich. He was rich in cattle, silver, and gold. God had no problem with Abraham having money as long as money didn't have him. And the reason why I want to talk about it for just a, uh, just a minute here is because my Bible says that the wealth of the wicked is laid up in store for the just. And one of the signs of the last days is a financial inversion. So I want to encourage you, you know, the Bible says prosperity will ruin a fool. Uh, we're not foolish. We recognize what he said in Deuteronomy 8.18, that he would give us power to get wealth to establish his covenant in the earth. Money is a great tool and a terrible master. That's all you need to know. But God wants to get it to you because it costs money to save souls. It costs money. Matter of fact, Proverbs says money answers all things. Money's not evil. The love of money is the root of all evil. And you can have no money at all and be in love with it. So, but now let's, let's just turn a page to Genesis chapter 14. And look at verse. Uh, where is it? Verse 19. And it says here, and, and Melchizedek blessed Abraham, said, Blessed be Abram of the Most High God, possessor of heaven and earth. And he blessed the Most High God, who had delivered into his enemies into his hand, and he gave him tithes of all. So, you know, 10%, God wants you to know that you can go farther on 90% than you can on 100%. And so as we sow our tithes, or, or give our tithes rather, and sow our offerings today, Let's remind ourselves that Galatians 6, 7 says, God is not mocked. Whatever a man sows, he'll also reap. You sow love, you reap love. You sow money, you reap money. And in verse 9 of Galatians, the same chapter, he says that you'll reap in due season if you don't quit, if you don't cave in, if you don't give up. So, so don't give up. Believe God. You know, maybe some of you are struggling in the area of finances right now because of this so-called pandemic. Uh, but you need to know that God's working behind the scene. Behind the scene, in the unseen, God is there. Amen. So praise the Lord. We just thank you, Father, that we're rejoicing and we're glad we favor your righteous cause. We continually say, let the Lord be praised who takes pleasure in our prosperity. And our tongues will speak of your righteousness and of your praise all the day long. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise God. So we're going to Genesis chapter 22, and we have two friends approaching one another to discuss how to get the Messiah into the earth. You see, because when God made a covenant with Adam, 
He said that Adam would have dominion over the earth. He said, I blessed you to be fruitful and multiply, replenish the earth. I've given you dominion. And then he talks about over the fowls of the air, the fish of the sea, and so on. So he gave his dominion over to the man Adam. Then in Genesis chapter 3, when Adam committed high treason against God, Adam gave that dominion to the one we know now as the prince of the power of the air that works in in, in, with the children of disobedience. So there is an earth lease, a 6,000 year lease, and Adam gave it to Satan. So now God has to find people that will believe him, that, will, that he can pray through and get his work done, his will done in the earth. And so he worked with, he worked with Abraham for over 30 years. And this man became fully persuaded that what God had promised, he was also powerful to perform. He became, he became a friend of God. Matter of fact, in Genesis chapter 19, the Bible says that God was going to judge Sodom and Gomorrah. But he said, I can't do it until I go talk to my friend, Abraham. So Abraham's a friend of God, and I'm claiming, according to Genesis or Galatians rather 3.29, I'm Abe's seed, and I'm his friend also. Holy Spirit, be my best friend. Holy Spirit, help me to be your best friend. Amen. So anyway, it came to pass here in verse in chapter 22. It says in chapter 21, verse 34, that Abraham journeyed in the land of the Philistines many days. So he was living in a heathen country, but he was prospering. And now him and God are walking together. They're walking together. Christ in you, the hope of glory. He's walking with you too. But here in chapter 22, and verse 1, it says... After these things that God did tempt Abraham. Well, we know that God tempts no man with evil. James 1 verse 13 said, let no man say when he's tempted, he's tempted by God. So God, God in fact was proving Abraham. And because he needed a covenant partner in the earth, in order to get Jesus into the earth, he had to find somebody that was willing to offer up his son so that God could offer up his son. So this is what this chapter is all about. And, um, you know, it's one of the most read chapters in the Hebrew, in the Hebrew Torah. Every week I think they read this chapter, but they don't understand it. Well, we do. We've got insight into this. And so, so here's this friend walking up to another and says, Abraham. And Abraham answers and said, behold, here am I. And that's interesting too, because in the, in the Hebrew, it's he nani, And it means rush to the commandment. It means, it means immediate obedience. So he said, here I, here I am. He said, now take your son, your only son whom you love. Well, that reminds me of, that reminds me of Colossians chapter 1, that we've been transferred out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of God's dear son or the son that he loves. So you, you can already see a covenant exchange taking place here. Take the son that you love and get to the land of Moriah. That's on a hill far away stood an old rugged cross. This is Golgotha where he's sending them. He said, get into the land of Moriah and offer him up. Now, this, this sacrifice, Akeda, is a korban olah in the Hebrew. It means a burnt offering. So God is basically saying, I want you to go and burn your son. But in Hebrews 11 and verse 19, you know, the Bible says that Abraham believed that even if he had to kill his son, that God would raise him up from the ashes. So what we have here is, 
is a man that believed in the resurrection of the dead. What we have here is a man that believed that Jesus was going to be the Messiah. Matter of fact, John 8 and verse 56, the Bible says that Abraham rejoiced to see my day. He saw it and he was glad. So way, you know, here we are way back in Genesis chapter 22 and a man saw the death, burial and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's so powerful to me. But that's how his faith progressed. He got to that place where he would believe God for anything. And so he said, get the one that you love and offer him up as a korban olah upon the mountains that I will tell you of. And Abraham rose up early. It's the word shakim in the Hebrew, and it means complete submission. Not only that, it indicates that he slept all night. So he wasn't, no, no I've watched People tell this story in Bible stories and they say, oh, Abraham wringing his hands. I've got to offer up my son. No, no, he, he ran to do it. He, he was excited to do it because he knew what it meant. He knew that if I offer up my son, then God is going to offer up his son, redeem the world from death and destruction. Wow. So, so he says here, Abraham rose up early in the morning and saddled up his ass, his own I mean, this guy had 300 people living in his own house. Don't, you know, he had 300 people. How big is your house? Abraham's blessings are mine. You got to expand your thinking when you're thinking about how God could bless you to reach a a lost and a dying world. So, So it says here, he settled up his own ass. He didn't wait for some servant to do it. He was excited about entering into a new covenant with his father. And so he saddled up his ass and took two, mil- two young men. Well, he had to have two witnesses at the mouth of two or three witnesses. Let every word be established. Two guys on the cross. Like this, this is such a picture of Calvary. So he took the, the young men and Isaac, his son, and the wood for the burnt offering, or the, the, again, representing the cross. And he rose up and went to the place where God had told him. Verse 4. Then on the third day, Abraham lifted up his eyes and saw the place afar off. This is John 8, 56. Abraham rejoiced to see my day. He saw it. And I I think it's really cool, too, that he rejoiced to see it. He didn't rejoice after he saw it. There's something about... There's something about this is the day that the Lord has made. I'll rejoice and be glad in it. When I read that in Psalm 118 and realize that that's the last song that they sang before Jesus went to Calvary at the Passover meal, he was singing that on the way to the cross. This is the day that the Lord has made. I'll rejoice and be glad in it. What an attitude because he knew something better. He knew something better was on the way. Amen. Oh, for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross, despised the shame, because he was so in love with you. So he took the wood for the burnt offering, laid it, look at this, verse 6. He took the wood, well, first of all, let's, let's look back at it. it, says that he was riding on an ass. That's Zechariah 9, 9, Matthew 21, 5, when Jesus entered into Jerusalem, riding on an ass's colt. And they were crying, Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest on the 10th day of the month. On the fourth day of the month, 14th day, they're going to crucify him. But on the 10th day, it looked, looked, it looked different. So, so this is, but again, it's all represented here. You can see. 
And then, and then, and then uh, Abraham took the wood and the burnt offering and laid it upon Isaac, his son. <laughs> Just like the cross going to Calvary. Back in verse five. Look what he says to the, to the two young men. I and the lead will go yonder to worship and come again. Um, we're going to worship and we're coming back again to you. You see, this is, this is what faith knows. Faith is not hope. Faith knows that all things are working together for my good because I've been called according to the Lord. And so he knows it's going to turn in his favor. But also note that he says, we're going yonder to worship. What some people call sacrifice, other people call worship. If you think tithes and offerings are a sacrifice, then they are. But if you see it as worship, it changes everything. Here is a part of my life. I want to worship you with this part of my life. I want to worship you with my whole life. Come on, let's get, that. Let's get with it. So he took the wood for the offering, laid it on Isaac's son, and took the fire in his hand. Now they used, they used to carry, carry fire in a pot. Uh, they, didn't have a, they didn't have a Zippo lighter or anything like that. They had to carry the fire with them. So they had a fire in a pot. He took the fire in his hand and the knife and they went on both of them together. And Isaac spoke unto Abraham, his father, and said, My father, he said, Here am I, my son. He said, Behold, I see the fire. <laughs> now, this, this kid's about 30 years old now. And so he's not some little boy that you see in the, in the pictures. And so, so he's operating in a high level of faith also. Don't think he isn't. <laughs> my son, <laughs> he said, I see the fire, but where's the lamb? Where is the lamb for the burnt offering? Where's that lamb? John says, John 1.29, on the 10th day of the month, on the 10th day of the book of gospel of John, on the 10th day, uh, John the Baptist said, behold, the lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. Hallelujah. So this is all being played out right here. My, he said, my son, God will provide himself. I, I highlighted that because that's exactly what's going to happen. My God will provide himself as a sacrifice. And so the both of them went on together. And they came to the place that God had told Abraham, and he built an altar there, laid the wood in order, and bound Isaac, his son, upon the altar. It's like being nailed to a cross. And here's the thing about a korban olah. It, it had to be bound so tight that it couldn't move. It would be disqualified. Knowing that, God loves a cheerful giver. That wasn't just something that he thought up in Second Corinthians chapter 9. That was his attitude. That's his attitude for everything. If you really believe in me, whatever you're going to offer, you can do it cheerfully. You can know that I'm with you and I will never leave you, never fail you, never forsake you. So God's on your side. Why will you not fear? What can a man do unto you? And the angel, look at this. And Abraham stretched forth his hand and took up the knife to slay his son. And the angel of the Lord called him out of heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. He said, here am I. He named me. He said, lay not your hand upon the lad, neither do anything unto him. For now I know that you fear God and that you have not withheld your son, your only son. And Abraham lifted up his eyes and looked and behold, behind him, there was a ram caught in the thicket by his horns. And when I read that, and, and how it speaks to me in 2020 is what my, my provision is already there and I'll walk by it 
until I obey. And when I obey, I'll turn around these blessings. Come on, Deuteronomy chapter 28 and verse 1. These blessings will come upon you and overtake you. So I'm not looking for the blessing. I'm looking to obey God and the blessings are coming up on me. I'm not narcissistic. I'm living for God. I'm not living for myself. Hallelujah. It's not all about me. Hallelujah. So, so he said, Abraham lifted up his eyes and looked and behold, a ram caught in the thicket by his horns. And really, when I, when I read that, I think about the shofars, but also think about the crown of thorns that was laid upon Jesus' head, representing my sin, representing your sin. So the, lamb, the ram was caught, caught up in my sin. He said, caught in the thicket. And Abraham went and took the ram and offered him up as a burnt offering unto the Lord instead of his son. And Abraham called the name of the place Jehovah Jireh, my provider. Amen? Amen. So with that in mind, now let's go to what, they, what the Bible calls your first Passover in Exodus chapter 12. And uh, take a look at the symbolism in this as well. And so in chapter 12, verse 1, are you there? It's, sometimes it's difficult uh, being in church at home. You could be out in the kitchen now with one eye on the TV and you're making breakfast or something. I don't know what you're doing. Uh, and so I'll be really glad when we're all back here in the house together. I must confess it was a Thursday night. I forgot all about the service until 8.30 or 9 o'clock at night and then I had to watch it in bed later. Uh, uh, but we're looking forward to getting back together again. And, and here's, here's proof that God's in charge, okay? Chapter 12 of Exodus Verse 1, and the Lord spoke unto Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt, saying, This month shall be unto you the beginning of months. Now, that might not mean much to you, but to a man that's been enslaved, to people that have been in slavery for over 400 years, to know that now I'm in charge of my time and I'm not some slave master. I remember one time talking to Monty Lewis when he was still with us and he had cons for Christ and some other things, Bridges for Canada. And he spent a lot of time incarcerated and then he spent a lot of time working with prisoners inside. And this is what he said. He said, in prison, you don't get to make any decisions. They tell you when to get up, when to go to bed, when to eat, when to, you know, all of those things are controlled by you. And so if you've been incarcerated for a long time, when you get out, you don't know how to make decisions for yourself. This is why so many people slip back into the crime because they, they, they don't know how to think for themselves anymore. So this is why God, when he comes in here into Exodus chapter 12, he's saying, hey, this is the beginning of months for you. This is a brand new day for you. Now you're in charge of the calendar. Time doesn't belong to your master anymore. So he said, this shall be unto you the beginning of months. Nisan, number one, this is this is Passover month, okay? If you wonder what, what month he's talking about. He said, this would be the, a new calendar. I'm giving you a new calendar, not the, not the calendar that begins in the fall of Rosh Hashanah, but this is, this, that's your, your natural calendar, but this is your spiritual calendar. I'm giving it to you right now. And so he said, speak unto the congregation of Israel that in the 10th day of the month, the 10th day, Luke 19, 35 to 45, that's when Jesus entered in Jerusalem. That's when Jesus cleaned the temple. That's when he removed the leaven. And also again in John 1 and verse 29, Jesus was identified on the 10th day. 
And so the 10th day of the month is significant in that he rode into Jerusalem. And then, it's, well, let's read on here. He said, speak to the children of Israel on the 10th day of the month. Every man shall take a lamb according to his household, fathers of a lamb for a house. And then he, then he gives you the indication of how many people have to be in the house. And in verse 5, he says, your lamb shall be without blemish, a male of the first year, and you should take him from among the sheep and the goats. And then in verse 6, it says, you'll keep him until the 14th day. Well, again, if you look at what happened with Jesus, he was arrested and crucified on the 14th day. But also he was examined by four different people. Ananias, Caiaphas, the high priest, Pilate, and Herod. Pilate himself said, talk about sinless lamb of God. Pilate said, I find no fault with him. So can you see how these things are all being these things are all acted out. And that's why even here in 2020, there's no such thing as coincidence. God is in charge of your life and don't judge what you see happening right now. Know this, that behind the lattice work, God is working to transform your life. Matter of fact, 2 Corinthians 3.18 says that you'll be changed from glory to glory into the image of his son. Yield the right of way to the Holy Ghost and just flow with what's going on around you right now instead of getting all bugged down in it. What you need to realize is Satan is setting up the church to try and feed to, to try and feed the church the mark of the beast. How would the church ever fall for the mark of the beast? Well, if you're afraid of your, if you're going to live your life to protect your flesh, you're in trouble. Jesus said, if you love your life, you'll lose it. But if you lose it, you'll find it. So many people living in fear right now instead of faith. And my Bible says that if any man be in Christ, he's Abe's seed. Abe's a faith guy. How I many of you know he's the father of faith? And so we need to operate in our faith and make sure that fear's not creeping in on us, that we would do anything to protect ourselves. No, protect the word of God. Live for something or fall for anything. Okay. Uh, <laughs> you shall keep the lamb until the 14th day of the same month. And again, Pilate declared not guilty. And the whole congregation of, shall kill it in the evening. The evening is the ninth hour of the day. Between the evenings, three o'clock in the afternoon when Jesus said, Father, unto, your, unto, unto you I commend my spirit. He, he, he's the one that said, it is finished. The sixth thing that he said, it is finished. And the seventh thing, surrendering his spirit over to God. So this is all being played out right here. Hallelujah. So, you know, verse 7, and you'll take the blood and strike it upon the two side posts and upon, the, boom, 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 the sign of the cross. Come on. The shedding of the blood set them free and eating the lamb made them whole. This is what they were doing. <laughs> he said, my word is flesh indeed. He's saying, my blood, come on, my blood will deliver you and keep you safe. And my word will cause you to grow strong. So they shall take the blood and strike it upon the two side posts and the doorposts of the houses that they shall eat it. And they shall eat it by night, unleavened, sinless son, virgin birth. Come on, unleavened. And uh, roast with fire. And how they would roast this lamb is interesting too because they called it the helmeted or the crowned sacrifice. And so they cooked it on a pomegranate stick and they roast it with fire 
and they would take the lamb and um, spread its rib cage out and put a cross piece in there, the sign of the cross. They would tip it over and roast it over the fire like this. And they would take the intestines and put it around the head of the lamb. And just like Jesus wearing that crown of thorns, it's all here. It's all here. And so they roast it with fire, God's judgment. <laughs> and, they, they, and they couldn't eat it raw and they couldn't eat it sodden because there's no human effort involved in this. Let's read on. And they shall eat the flesh by night, roast with fire, unleavened bread, and again, unleavened bread, pierced so that you could see the pierce marks. And they pierced that bread so that it wouldn't explode when you cooked it, right? So this is all symbolic of what's happening later. Not sudden, no human effort. Eat all of it, not just the parts you like. How many of you got favorite scriptures? Sure you do. I do too. But we don't get to live by the favorite scriptures. We get to live by all of them. Amen. <laughs> You see, in verse 10, you shall leave nothing until the morning and whatever's left shall be burned with fire and you'll eat it with your loins girded and your shoes on your feet and your staff in your hand, ready to make haste. Be sober, be vigilant for your adversary. The devil as a roaring lion goes about seeking whom he may devour, whom you resist steadfast in the faith, knowing that these same afflictions are being worked out in your brethren throughout the earth. But the God of all grace, who has called us unto his eternal glory, after we've suffered a while, will strengthen us, make us perfect, establish us, and settle us. Come on, this is all here. And you shall eat it with your loins girded about. You're ready to move. For I will pass through the land of Egypt this night and smite all the firstborn of the land of Egypt. Now, again, when you read this, you get the picture of God killing everybody? No, no, no. The death angel is released because of the disobedience of Pharaoh and his people. But the but the thing is, it doesn't matter what's going on in the world. The blood covers you. You need to plead the blood of Jesus. You need to get into Hebrews chapter 10 and get a revelation of what the blood is and what it does. So the firstborn of the, man of Egypt, of the land of Egypt, King Tut, that's how he died. And the blood shall be for you a token on the houses where you are. When I see the blood, I will pass over you and the plagues. Come on. I will pass over you. And the plague, and the plague, are you reading this? And the plague shall not be upon you. You plead the blood of Jesus. You want to be safe today? It's not staying six feet away from me. My Bible says I can lay hands on the sick and see them recover. I'm not trying to stay away from anybody. Hallelujah. You want to stay from me? I, I believe in obeying the laws of the land until they go against the word of God. And, that, and that's where the deal settles. I, I'm not afraid. I pray that you're not afraid to stand up for what, you, what we believe, what the Bible teaches us. <laughs> he said, I will pass over you and the plague shall not be upon you to destroy you when I smite the land of Egypt. Are you hearing me? And this day shall be a memorial Unto you, you shall keep the festival of the Lord throughout your generations. You'll you you'll keep this ordinance forever. Come on, verse twenty-three. For the Lord will pass through the land 
the Egyptians will be smited, but I see the blood upon the lintel on the doorpost. I will, I will pass over the door and I will not suffer the destroyer to come into your house. I will not allow the destroyer to come into your house. Submit yourself to God, James 1, 4, 7. Submit yourself unto God and resist the devil and he will flee from you. He didn't say play with him or cooperate with him. He said resist him and he will flee from you. Now I just want to close over in Hebrews chapter 10. No plague will come near your dwelling. Come on, that's Psalm 91 as well. No plague will come near your dwelling. I'm not promoting rebellion. I'm saying stand on the word of God. <laughs> If you don't bow, you won't burn. I said, if you don't bow, you won't burn. That, that big statue that Nebuchadnezzar stood up, that 90 feet tall, it was fear. Goliath was a representation of fear, and they all ran and hid in their tents. It was a time for the church to be bold, a time for the church to stand up. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hebrews chapter 10. Where are you? Oh, so many good verses here. I'm looking for a verse. Okay, we'll pick it up in um, verse 14 of Hebrews chapter 10. From henceforth expecting, no, that's verse 13, verse 14. For by one offering, he has perfected forever. Are you, can we circle this if you don't have it circled. For by one offering, the that was represented in Genesis 22, represented again in Exodus 12. The lamb that we were leading up to is the lamb of God that took away the sin of the world. Look what it says here in verse 14. And by one offering, he has perfected forever those that are sanctified, those that he set apart. When did that happen? Ephesians 1 and verse 4. I chose you in me from before the foundation of the world. That's, so this is your verse. Wherefore the Holy Ghost is a witness for us. For after that he had said before, this is the covenant I will make with them in those days, says the Lord. I will put my laws into their hearts and in their minds will I write them. Look at verse 17. And their sins and their iniquities will I remember no more. Is that in your Bible? Come on, glory to God. <laughs> now where remission of this, this is, there's no more offering for sin. Having therefore, brethren boldness to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus by a living way which he has consecrated through the veil that is to say his flesh and having a high priest over this house of God let us draw near with a true heart of full assurance of faith having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water come on let us hold fast the confession of our faith without wavering that because he's faithful that promised. Verse 24, let us consider one another and provoke one another to good works. Uh-oh, what are we going to do with the next verse? Verse 25, not forsaking the assembling of yourselves together as some do, but even more as you see the end approaching. Oh, you heard what the pastor said? No, pastor didn't say anything. God said that. God said that. You deal with it. Amen. <laughs> okay, well, God bless you. And uh, we're looking forward to being together with you real soon. We're, we see this thing turning. The Passover blood has been shed. And it won't be long. We'll be here right back here together again. 
And so now I'm going to invite the whole congregation that's here right now to come and have communion. Well, Chris has to say where he is because he's recording this, but pastor Paul and pastor Nancy are here with me and we want to take communion and take it into your homes. Get your cracker, get your grape juice or whatever you have. Hallelujah. Thank you. Oh. Praise the Lord. <laughs> the same night that he was betrayed. The very same night that he was betrayed. He took the matzah and he broke it and he said, take and eat. This is my body broken for you. As often as you do this, do it in remembrance of me. Isaiah 53 says he was bruised for my iniquities. The chastisement, of my, uh, the chastisement of my peace was laid upon him. And with those stripes on that matzah, with those stripes, I'm healed and made whole. I may be dealing with symptoms in my body right now, but I'm telling you, the Messiah paid for it all. Then he went and got the cup of redemption and he said, take and drink this. This is, this is the blood of the new covenant. As often as you do it, do it in remembrance of me. Remember Genesis 22. Remember Exodus 12. Remember Hebrews chapter 10. Hallelujah. We're free. We are freeborn people in Jesus' name. We hope this message has encouraged you in your relationship with the Lord. For more information and ministry resources, we invite you to visit our website at www.newcovenantchurch.ca. We look forward to you joining us next time as we continue to live victoriously.